Ah, Steve Palazzolo, Pro Football Focus, on the Out of Bounds Show, pff.com. They've got everything going. YouTube, podcast, analytics, they're all over it. College football, too, in the NFL draft. But right now, we're in the heart of the season, so we're going to stay right there. He joins us on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. This interview is brought to you by an ice-cold Stella Artois this afternoon. Uh, pair it with the steak or burgers on the grill as you watch the Jaguars and Saints. Jacksonville Jaguars. And, um, woo, the New Orleans Saints sitting there at 3-3. Three and three. And the Saints desperately need a win tonight. Dennis Allen desperately needs a win. And, you know, Mickey Loomis and them are frustrated, but we'll see what happens tonight. Jaguars and Saints in the Caesar Superdome. Not but about two and a half hours down the road. We welcome in Steve Palazzolo. This interview is brought to you by Stella Artois. Steve, we got to start with Dallas first, and then we'll move on to the weekend. How did PFF grade uh, Dak and the Cowboys? Yeah, Dak they had one of his best grades of the season. It may have been his best uh, his best grade. He was good. I mean, obviously, those, those big plays he made uh, under pressure, outside of structure, using his legs both in the running game and then just creating big plays outside the pocket. So, you know, I know he – kind of missed what could have been a game winner at the end. But, you know, overall, I thought Dak played a pretty clean game in a game where uh, his receivers were okay when he targeted C.D. Lamb. A lot of good stuff. Michael Gallup was struggling as far as, you know, creating separation. But I thought Dak played one of his better games. And this is, you know, continues to be in line with how the Cowboys operate. They, They break your heart. You know, they disappoint, but they, they are able to, to bounce back and, you know, clean the slate, so to speak, for the next week. And I thought that was an impressive bounce back for the Cowboys after the disappointment against the Niners. I think they're a pretty good team in the NFL, Steve. I don't, you know, they're not one of the better teams in the NFC. Um, I mean, they're right in that next tier, which makes them dangerous, like you said. And in the AFC, they wouldn't be considered in that in that top group. So I think they are what they are. They're a pretty good NFL team. Um, yeah. Yes, you agree or disagree? No, I agree. I mean, I, we'll still continue to have those questions. Why Why can't they be a top-tier team? Why can't they compete with the best? We'll see. They'll have plenty of opportunities to face, you know, face the Eagles a couple times. And I think they'll... I think they'll certainly compete against the best teams. I just I, I still wonder how much the Niners match up is just horrendous for them. Yeah. And makes them look a little bit worse. I I, I agree there. What what's going on with Michael Gallup? I, I've always thought he was over like that they the Dallas media and some of the NFL kind of labeled him a well not elite he, he's not AJ Brown and, and Tyreek and some of these other dudes that, that you know Jefferson and Chase but but labeled him a good, not even really good, but a good, bona fide, good NFL receiver. And I really thought it was based off, I guess, three seasons ago in about an eight-game run. Um, I didn't I didn't see it, but I don't look at it like you do. What's going on with Michael Gallup, Steve? I mean, I, I think he, at his best, I've always viewed Gallup as a good number two, right? You know, not a guy that – not C.D. Lamb, not Amari Cooper – but it's just a good number two when the attention's taken away from your number one, a guy that normally can, can get open, get open against zone, move the chains. I think what we're seeing is still got injured a couple of years ago and just doesn't seem to have the same 
dynamic ability. Not that he was a crazy good athlete or anything, but he just, you know, doesn't look dynamic getting off of press coverage off the line of scrimmage and, um, you know, maybe take a little, bit, a little bit of a step back even from that, what I would call that number two role. Um, you know, they finally got a little something from Brandon Cooks the other day, which was great. And if they do that, you know, maybe that takes a little bit more pressure off Gallup and it becomes a good three, you know. That was the goal coming into the season. But, yeah, I think Gallup is just uh, not as good as he was previously maybe against man coverage. Uh, you, you asked the question, you know, why can't Dallas break through? I, I mean, I think when you release guys in their prime that are being wildly productive for you and – sync up with the most important position on the field in your quarterback. It just doesn't make, I mean, Cole Beasley was outstanding. Uh, Amari Cooper was outstanding. Dalton Schultz. I mean, these are things that I just, I think that's the difference between being pretty good and maybe good plus Steve. I could be wrong. Yeah, and, I, and I may be guilty of overrating the veteran player who comes in, who has a track record and that would be, say, Brandon Cooks at receiver, Stephon Gilmore at corner. And because I definitely thought last year Dallas went into the 2022 season a little shorthanded from their previous rosters. And they still made good. They still had a very good season. But it felt like they were a little shorthanded. And it also felt like coming into this offseason, they, they made those moves, Cooks and Gilmore, to, to, to mitigate that, to offset that, to say, okay, we're not going to do that again. Um, but you know, maybe, you know, cooks, but they're both older, right? They're both in their thirties. And even though they've been productive recently, cooks and Gilmore, they're, you know, they're still getting old and you just never know when you're going to hit that wall and not be as productive. But I thought Dallas did a better job of being prepared with some veterans coming into the season. Haven't necessarily seen it from cooks. Gilmore had the game ending interceptions. He's, he's had a nice season. So we'll see if cooks can kind of get back on track. Had a couple nice plays Monday night. Uh, what what do you make of Mike McCarthy's too conservative? You and I talked about this during the offseason. What do you make of eight seconds left and taking a shot in the end zone or draining the clock down to three seconds and kicking a field goal in modern era NFL today, Steve? I, I don't understand it. It's a little, you know, the, the worst, obviously the worst thing that happens is you throw an interception or you throw a, a pass short of the end zone. I mean, that's one of those plays you just line up and you tell Dak, like, hey, if, if there's a window, give it a shot. If there's not, you throw it away, we're kicking the field goal. I mean, it, it, it probably doesn't make a big difference. You're, you're, it's unlikely that you're going to score the touchdown there. But it's still a shot that you would normally take. At least line up. At least see if you can catch them in a coverage bust or pump fake somebody open or whatever. Give it three or four seconds and then throw it away. So, yeah, I think some of those things are a bit uh, head-scratching when you're, you know, settling for that field goal, when there's maybe a chance for, for a touchdown late in the first half. Okay. Uh, but let's, it's unlikely, right? It, it is. I still, I agree with you. I still think you take a shot. Of uh, course. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I just, McCarthy seems to be coaching like he was when he was with the Saints or that kind of era of football, like 2003. And I don't, that, that makes me, not happy. All right. Steve Palazzolo, Pro Football Focus, PFF.com on the Farm Bureau Insurance guest line. Let's, uh, what's going on with the New Orleans Saints? They, they've got the Jaguars. They need a win. They pulled an easy schedule, blah, blah, blah. Their offense is not good, Steve. Yeah, it is. This is the second game this year. It felt like Derek Carr had a whole bunch of empty yards, right? He had a lot of yards, but 
Um, it, honestly, it's, it's the red zone. And it, the red zone issues are kind of a league-wide trend. The, the red zone production around the league is way down. We are, we are seeing some trends around the league where it's a dink and dunk type of passing attack and completion percentages up and explosive plays are down and then teams get into the red zone and defenses crack down. But it's at an extreme level for the Saints. Uh, Carr remains our – he's our third worst graded quarterback in the red zone. Um, he had these issues last year with the Raiders. And I think that's – it's you, know, you saw that to, to the end of the game. It wasn't all red zone, but it was, you know, in scoring opportunities – when the Texans all out blitz, where are the answers? And to me, I see Carr running the offense a little hesitant, you know, and and again, I don't know if that's just Derek Carr, but you know, a lot of just double pumps, a lot of maybe a pick slow on, on some passes. And then you see plays like with the game on the line, he's throwing a corner out to Rashid, uh, Rashid Shahid. Shahid's running a slot fade. You know, they're not on the same page. So there's a lot of, what I'm seeing, I think, is minor details in the offense that are receivers and QB not on the same page or QB not seeing it cleanly uh, on top of the O-line injury, uh, the O-line issues, and then O-line injuries, right? So you have, you have Cesar Ruiz and you know, the guards not really pass blocking all that well, and now Ruiz has to play tackle probably tonight. Not great. So I think it's a lot of those things adding up for the Saints. But, you know, if I had to oversimplify it, it's in the red zone, there's – uh, you know, QB's not accurate. You don't have open receivers a whole lot, and you don't have guys winning one-on-ones and, and you know, good drives or stalling for the Saints. All right. Steve Palazzolo, Pro Football Focus on the Out of Bounds Show, brought to you by an ice-cold Stella Artois Bulldog Burger later this afternoon. What about the Eagles? They, they're still fantastic. They hurt, struggled. They, they didn't do what they were supposed to do. Now they pull the Dolphins uh, what did you see last week with with Hertz and and the offense and the Eagles? It's tough to put my finger on what doesn't feel right for the Eagles, but uh, it certainly doesn't. Even before last week, it does feel slower and like they're trudging along. And and look, there are certainly times where you know we've talked about AJ Brown and his explosiveness. They get the ball to him down the field, but it it does feel like overall they're playing a really conservative game. Maybe it's just because I hate the rugby play so much now. But, the, you know, they get into these fourth and shorts and third and shorts, and, they, you know, you push them forward, and it's a lot of um, slow, methodical football. Right? They had a drive the other day that, you know, Navy would be blushing for, you know, 19 carries for, or 19 plays for 97 yards for a touchdown. And so, it, to me, it feels like the, the Eagles are almost, because they're playing such a slow pace, you know, they're kind of keeping teams closer. You know, they're not really blowing teams out like they were last year. And and then, you know, if Jalen Hurts makes a terrible decision at the end, you're going to lose the game, right? So that's, it feels like something's a little off for the, for the Eagles where they can maybe lean into their receivers a little bit more, be a little bit more aggressive, and uh, get back to creating those big plays. Still love the Eagles. I still think they are capable of winning in different ways, but it's just not as – clean of an offensive performance you know from the entire offense or from Hurts who definitely put the ball in harm's way a bunch on Sunday against the Jets and then on top of that the Jets defense has done that to everybody you know they have made Mahomes look bad from a passing standpoint they've made Josh Allen look bad they've made almost everybody except Dak who is Deacon and Duncan down the field made everybody look bad pretty much this season okay who do you like in that game 
I mean, it's it's in Philly. Um, you know, Mike McDaniel's a little freak. Uh, Dolphins at Eagles. It's Philly minus two and a half. Who do you like? Oh man, it's gonna be it's gonna be so good. I mean, the I, I think I would lean Dolphins. I like the shiny objects. I like the I like the flash, and I know they got they got shut down in one half this year, basically against Buffalo. A very good defense. I don't think the Eagles have that type of back seven that Buffalo is bringing to the table that day. Plus the familiarity. I think it's, I think that's part of it too. play when the Dolphins play the bills, there's some familiarity there when they play the Eagles, they haven't seen this, right? I don't know if they've seen this level of speed. It, it, there's probably going to be an adjustment period getting used to the Dolphins' speed at which they play the speed at which they just run this, you know, their, their legit four, three speed at, you know, at all the skill position player uh, positions. So, yeah, I like the Dolphins. This will be an interesting game where the Eagles' slow pace makes sense. You know, keep the ball and grind it out and keep it away from the Dolphins. So, they'll, I think they'll keep it close. But I'll, I'll take the Dolphins to, uh, I guess, pull oh, the upset here. Oh, okay. Tua versus Hurts. Alabama versus Oklahoma. Um, <laughs> it, it drives Bam. Yeah. We, we have a big, uh, outside of Mississippi State and Ole Miss, we have two, uh, Alabama and LSU have big, fan slash alumni bases here in central Mississippi. And it drives Bama fans crazy when I, when I say that Jalen Hurts is an Oklahoma. Uh, Oklahoma keep, legend. Yeah. Jalen Hurts, of course. Yeah. yeah. All right. Good deal. Just want to make sure you're on the same page what? with me. Hey. It's such an interesting story because I, I, I never expected Jalen Hurts to get to this point because when he got benched for Tua, that offense got so much better. And Hertz was a good college quarterback, but Tua made the Bama offense so much better. Right. But then Hertz also improved greatly over the last few years. Really impressive what he's been able to do. It is no no question. Um, okay, the L.A. Chargers. What are they? I mean, they they they, they look like a talented squad that loses a bunch of close games. But that can beat anybody. They're not terrible. They're not like some of these teams that are bad in this league. But you're the insider. What are the Los Angeles Chargers? Don't ask me these ridiculous questions, man. I mean, nobody knows how to explain the Chargers. I have no <laughs> idea how to explain the Chargers. I mean, they're going to lose by three this week against Kansas City. They're going to find a way to do just enough to lose by three. Could be an overtime again. But... That's I don't know. That's the challenge, right? I mean, they they are talented. I do think losing Mike Williams at receiver hurts, puts a lot more pressure on Keenan Allen and some of their younger receivers. Um, but the Chargers are solid across the board. Their defense is disappointed. It looked better in recent weeks. It looked better against Dallas, despite some of the big plays they gave up. But there's just always something missing. And I, it's not as simple as Brandon Staley's you know fourth down decisions or anything like that. But there's just something missing. And, you know, Herbert's talented, but doesn't uh, not living up to his potential over the last year and a half or so. Uh, it is it is tough to put your finger on how to explain the Chargers other than they should be better. They always seem to get run down with injuries. It's not as bad this year as it's been. Uh, you know, they just, I don't know, man. They are a very talented team that should be better on defense, that should be more explosive on offense, and they're just not right now and there's in you know herbert had a terrible game the other night for him right um, he's so talented he's usually not like that he's usually pretty good and someone else lets him down but you know it was just 
tough to put your finger on for the Chargers because there's there's certainly something missing with all that talent there. Okay. He is the host of PFF NFL Podcast, Steve Palazzolo, on the Out of Bounds Show and the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. Uh, I want to go to the lines. And I love some Dan Campbell and the kneecap biters. Are you buying? Are you in? Is this team legit and ready to really mess with the Eagles and the 49ers down the stretch? Where do you stand? Yeah, I, I think they're legit. I think they are. I mean, I was talking to someone yesterday, too, who said the kneecap biting thing was hilarious because it's really not how Dan Campbell coaches, and it's really not how he makes his decisions, right? I mean, he, I mean, it, he has that type of attitude that filters through the team, that toughness. But when it comes down to, like, last week against the Bucks, they couldn't run the ball at all. So they put the ball in Jared Goff's hands. He drops back 45 times, and they were – you know, he and Goff delivered, and they were making play after play. And, you know, they scored 20 points, but they could win through the air if they need to. They're going to make good fourth down decisions. They're going to uh, rush the passer pretty well. They've improved their secondary a ton. I, I just love how the team's been built. I, I honestly I don't remember the last team that got incrementally better year after year after year uh, without a massive QB change, right? It's been Jared Goff since they were a three- or four-win team. Then they became a borderline playoff team. Now they feel like a, you know, a team that could go to the NFC Championship and compete. And they've done it brick by brick. Started in the trenches, got some explosive playmakers. The quarterback has improved. Goff is our highest-graded quarterback in the NFL right now. He's playing extremely well. The best stretch of play he's had in his career. So there's a lot to like about the Lions. And that phrase I use, they can win multiple ways. I think they can... They can pound the rock when they need to. They can win through the air. They can win with a pass rush. They'll stop the run extremely well. They do a lot of things well, and they can win in, in different ways in Detroit, and that is completely different from what it's been. Their depth is incredible compared to what it was. They have legit competition at, at multiple positions. It is uh, really impressive what Brad Holmes, the GM, and Dan Campbell have done in Detroit. I was just going to mention Brad Holmes, general manager for the Detroit Lions, so we'll nerd out here for a second. Um, real quick, I mean, it, it, this guy could be executive or GM of the year with what you just described. It's hard to build depth. It's hard to have that kind of competition all over the place. Uh, that guy, this guy spent 18 years with the Rams and then makes it to the GM position and is now flourishing. I mean, it's kind of come out of nowhere, but a great story, right? Yeah, so there's two things to just highlight there. There's a little bit of luck involved. You know, they, they got Aiden Hutchinson when the Jaguars almost certainly should have picked Aiden Hutchinson. So the Lions kind of lucked into that one. Um, they kind of lucked into Panay Sewell falling to seven overall because there's so many blue chip players that year in the draft. But, but they made those picks, right? So they got, you know, some pillars on the offensive and defensive line when they needed to. The other part, too, remember, we always ask about QB contracts and, why isn't there a middle-class QB contract? Why can't you just pay a good QB 25 or $30 million? Well, the Lions have kind of figured out how to do that. They got a middle-tier quarterback in Jared Goff, who, like, like I said, is playing above that. But because the Rams paid a signing bonus and they paid, some, they paid the Lions to take Goff, that ended up becoming a massive win for the Lions. Now that Goff is playing as well as he is, they have, they don't, they're not paying him $45, $50 million a year. You know, they're paying him $25, $30 million. They're essentially paying a good quarterback a middle-class QB contract. And they got a bunch of other first-round picks to do that in the Stafford trade. So 
So that's really added up. They've added so much talent to the team because of the, the draft halls, the extra draft picks. And on top of that, they have a cheap quarterback relative to the rest of the league who's playing very well. That all adds up to a very good roster and, you know, a team that could win. And, you know, you got to give Brad Holmes a ton of credit to be able to do that. It's, it's a great story. And uh, Dan Campbell kind of, I mean, we knew who he was because he's under Sean Payton at the Saints. But it's not like he had been a coordinator, you know, for four to six years in the NFL with the hot guy, Shanahan or something like that. Although Payton was hot at that time, I guess. But it's still a, it's a hell of a story. Um, yeah. I mean, that's why it's so hard when people say, hey, who's the next good head coach? Like, I have no idea. It is not just the guy who calls the best plays. Sometimes it is. But that, you know, the, the head coach is the CEO. He is the heartbeat of the team. And who knows? It's not always the best offensive or defensive coordinator. You know, somebody, they sat down with Dan Campbell and said, yeah, this guy's going to lead our team. And they were right. You know, they, you can't get that from press conferences or, you know, previous year's stats or any of that stuff. You have to sit down and know and, you know, credit the Lions for identifying Campbell as that guy. Hey, you're right. All right, real quick. Uh, I've only got a minute or so. Cleveland Browns defense. Um, very good. They're very good. I thought there was a, uh, our, our grades the other day against the Niners weren't elite because I thought the Niners left a lot of plays on the table. Brock Purdy missed four or five open throws. Uh, that would have been big gains and uh, a couple drops in there. So I think the Lions, the Browns defense is very good. They rush the passer extremely well. They play more man coverage than anybody in the league. They make life difficult for opposing QBs, and they weren't the only factor against the Niners. But, yeah, the Browns, are they're playing great on that side of the ball, especially compared to last year. So one of the biggest improvements in the NFL. All right, we'll leave it there. Steve Palazzolo, Pro Football Focus, PFF.com. And uh, Steve is the host of PFF NFL Podcast. And um, what was that chili called, Scott? Are you, are you going to dive into some Skyline chili as you no, uh, watch the Jaguars no. and Saints tonight? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Good for you. That sounds not, terrible. Sounds gross. All right. Be good, buddy. Thanks. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Steve Palazzolo, Pro Football Focus, PFF.com. Looks like Keith Kincaid's going to make it in the studio. We've been asking Keith to come in studio for three years. Really? Yes. <laughs> wow. And I, I, he just texted me. He said he's going to be here. I'm thinking around 915. Owns Kincaid's Fine Clothing Shop which is a beautiful shop on Jackson Street in Ridgeland. Um, he's going to come in, hang out with us, tell us what all's going on for as we uh, as the weather gets cooler and the holiday season is around the corner. And we still got weddings and all sorts of different things that you got to get ready for. But obviously they've got pullovers and jackets and sport coats and Mississippi State and Ole Miss gear. Um, so Keith Kincaid will join us. Kincaid's Fine Clothing Shop. I think around 9.15. Um, we may move Jake Thompson. We'll just see how it goes. We're looking forward to that. He'll join us live in studio. You can watch the show on YouTube when Keith is here. YouTube channel, Out of Bounds Sports. And uh, the show is brought to you by the Armory. That's a place to go for your, your guns, optics, suppressors. The Armory, Lake Harbor in Ridgeland in front of Kroger. The Armory... Lake Harbor in Ridgeland in front of Kroger. And hour number three coming up. Good show today. I feel the energy from our listeners, and I like it. 